Welcome to KuzaCast, where we interview some of the most influential people in tourism from around the world. My name is Graham Watson, and I'm the founder of Kuza Global. The word Kuza means a new dawn, and in 2023, we want to find out just how our guests are working towards that new dawn. Join us and subscribe to future episodes as we hope to inspire you with stories of strength and resilience in the tourism industry. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to KuzaCast. My guest today is Martina Barth, who is the group sales manager for the Liz McGrath Collection, a fantastic collection of hotels, beautiful hotels in the Western Cape region. Martina is also one of the membership managers of, of IGLTA. Welcome, Martina. Thanks for being a guest on the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. No problem at all. It's it's a great pleasure to to have you. We've known each other for for many many years. I think I first met you um, at the townhouse. I think you did a, a site inspection for a fam group I was hosting. That must have been close to ten years ago now. So it's uh, it's great to to be having to in our different lives that we've had to face uh, after COVID to be able to interview you on KuzaCast and get to know a bit more about you. So um, if you could just let the listeners know, how did you how did you come to get into into tourism? I I think like all good things, they they sometimes happen by accident. Um, I studied marketing at UCT and my plan was to go into advertising. But um, when I graduated, advertising jobs just didn't happen just like that. And I had um, waitressed while I was studying and um, suddenly a, a assistant restaurant manager position became available at the V&A hotel. And I thought, well, let me grab this in the interim while I'm waiting to, to get my wonderful advertising job. And, and that's how it started. And, um, and I've never looked back. The V&A was a, an amazing um, hotel to start. I spent quite a couple of years there, and but I realized very quickly that um, although I'd worked my way up to assistant F&B manager, um, the sales and marketing people were having far too much fun. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, that, that's, that's what it looked like, yeah. It always looked like that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and um, I'm very grateful my then um, general manager, Richard Johnston, when he left, um, he took me uh, with him to um, work in the sales and marketing team of Villa Via, which was which then became um, the Radisson, as it is known today in the waterfront. Cool. It's a lovely hotel It's uh, to, to start your journey off in. And um, so how long were you were you there for? Um, I think just over five years. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. And then, then did you move straight to um, the vineyard? The uh, vineyard no, no, group? I didn't. No, I was PR and promotions manager for Uvakuta Jewelers, and um, that really got me very entrenched within the tourism industry. And um, because I dealt with all the tour operators, um, which you know then started attending all of the shows, which was really amazing. Um, and then from there, I went on to be um, the PR promotions manager at the Western, which was Arabella Sheraton in those days. Mm. So that was also yes. under under Rick Lander, um, which was also brilliant. That was wonderful. And then after that, um, pretty much after that, moved on to the vineyard. Then yes. Oh, great, great, and and then uh, after the vineyard, you 
you were are now with a beautiful uh, group of properties at Liz, Liz McGrath. So tell us just about a bit more about um, that. Yeah, it's it's really um, it's a it's a, an amazing company to work for. Um, wonderful passion, wonderful drive. Um, you know, we privately owned three boutique five star properties. Um, all guided still very much by the passion and energy that our founder Liz McGrath really um, brought to to the collection. And it's it's so proud. I'm so proud to be able to to represent such amazing hotels, um, all within their own um, beautiful destinations. The cellars in Constantia, then the Marine in Hermanus. I was there yesterday, um, which is really lovely. And then um, the Plettenberg, the really iconic Plettenberg as well. Yes, yeah. Luckily, I've I've had the fantastic fortune to visit all three in my in my years in the industry and and love them all it's 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 uh very much the the same theme throughout as i'm sure you can agree to it's you can definitely tell it's the same it's the same collection and and what a wonderful what a wonderful combination of hotels to to put um uh, one guest through you know in their journey you know um exactly. cape cape town up in the beautiful up in the beautiful cape town uh, Winelands area. I mean, maybe just tell the audience who who maybe don't know that there is a, a wine region sort of on Cape Town's doorstep. You don't need to go into the the Franschhoeks and the Stellenbosch and the exactly. Pals. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And um, I just want to go back a step, as you said. You know, this beautiful golden thread of um, heart and heritage, hospitality that that goes right throughout the properties, but each are quite unique in their settings. But um, Constantia. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's the oldest wine region in the Southern Hemisphere. So, yeah. you know, and yet yet often when we think of South Africa's wine valleys, we think of Stellenbosch, we think of Franschhoek. But here it is. It's a suburb of Cape Town. So you really have the beauty of being able to combine both. And we're only 15 minutes from the waterfront. And we definitely have found that people are spending more time at the hotel rather than packing and unpacking and spending two nights here, one night here. They really are spending. Uh, we're having much longer stays than we did in the past. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So it it can be a hard sell. Some, do, you know, um, the waterfront tends to be the the first um, place of contact for Cape Town, but people are realizing that that's not the case, and it is changing, which is wonderful. So we've seen a yeah, a, I mean, a great it's... move. Yeah, I think it's one of those properties that when when you when you get there, you 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 must be so grateful that you that you chose that or that your travel advisor um, put that in the itinerary. It's it's really is a lovely, tranquil place, and particularly for trips down to the peninsula, you you do cut out that that Cape Town traffic in the morning, and yeah, it's it's just a lovely a lovely tranquil place to to base yes. yourself. The sellers sellers Hohenhort. Um, or Hohenort, and then uh, and then down to Hermanus, which which I think most people know during the whale season. It's uh, you know great great views from the hotel, and then the Plettenberg as well, overlooking that beautiful bay. Uh, what a wonderful combination! So you're also the membership manager of of IGLTA. Uh, so that's the International Gay and Lesbian Travel Association, Tourism Association. 
Yes, um, we are. We have changed the name and we don't call ourselves, um, that's not our definition anymore, but we're the leading network of LGBTQ plus welcoming tourism businesses. That is okay. our definition as such. But um, we really focus on creating welcoming and safe spaces for the LGBTQ plus tourism um, community to be able to travel worldwide. And um, we do... Um, we have a wonderful network of tour operators, hotels, event managers um, within 80 different countries now. You know, we're celebrating mm. our 40th anniversary this year. Um, it launched in 1983, if you can believe that or not. So that's quite uh, quite an achievement. Yes. And um, yeah. and then it, it wasn't then... Um, um, we weren't in 80 countries then, that's for sure. But um, that's that's the amazing thing, how um, it has evolved. In fact, um, John Tanzella, our CEO, who I do hope you are going to have a podcast with at some stage because he's just a fountain of information and just an amazing person. And um, he and Loanne, our Vice President of Communications, next week go to India for the first mm. time and are holding a symposium in India, which is a first for India. So um, it it really is amazing how, um, you know, it's not about staying out of countries where perhaps the laws are not quite as liberal. Um, It's going into those countries and supporting the communities as well. Mm. And um, the LGBTQ plus travelers are amongst the most um, adventurous out of all segments. So um, it's not that we will stay away from from countries like that. We just want to make sure that we are creating warm and welcoming um, and safe uh, travels. Yeah, I mean it, it's great that uh, that there is that association because I'm sure there are many communities that you know all you want to do is 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 you know feel included and when when you walk into a property and not not um, yeah not feel different in any way and the the way i mean what i never realized was just little things like his and hers towels or people call them his and hers sinks in the bathroom and you know it's it's kind of it's almost seems obvious now that it's been pointed out to me that how why do you just assume that everybody's staying in the room as a male and a female together and you know it's it's just Absolutely. little little yeah it's little, it's little things like that that you you just hear them as you're growing up and it's, oh, you know, go to go to the shop and get some his and hers, his and hers towels is what you've always known them as. But and then as you think about it more, it's just like, well, yeah, that's not always going to be the case. So I presume in in the way the IGLTA is is the, the, one of the biggest uh, sort of motivations for them is to teach hoteliers, teach staff how to just make sure that the language even the 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 web the social media everything like that uses inclusive language and i would imagine it's it's not just focused on the one segment of the population of of the IGLTA community but it, you know there are so many um uh, you know individual groups in the world that uh, that should feel included um that's it so, well yeah yeah Yes, you know, as you say, and I think what you're meaning is sort of, you know, it's not gay or lesbian. It's not just gay or lesbian. There are many different um, uh, different ways that people identify. Non-binary, of course, has become um, 
very an very important segment as well and trance as well mm. I mean, um you know there is IGLTA doesn't do the training we don't um train as such we um have a recommended list of trainers that we recommend for this we have just launched a or are in the process of launching maybe this is a soft launch in a way um a, a new um a new division called IGLTA accredited, which will start mm. off with hotels and it will be a it's separate from the membership. It will be where um, hotels will have the opportunity to go through a, um, a vetted system and and they will then come out of it with an IGLTA accredited stamp, which they can then share on their profiles and social media. And that goes very much into exactly what you're saying, you know, that though they have undergone the training, they are showing um, examples of marketing material within their, um, their normal marketing offering. And um, just to show that they're not pinkwashing, number one, um, yeah. I think that's something that we, we really um, don't want the companies to do. And um and the training is very important because there are so many nuances and you know a lot of property owners say but we welcome everyone and mm. and of course we do i mean south africa for example it's it's against the law it's unconstitutional not to welcome everyone but it's not about being allowed to it's being welcomed by everyone whether it's the person at reception whether it's housekeeping staff and you know we have many different cultures within each different countries that um it does require a certain amount of training so that the um guests or the that the staff understand um you know you can't just ask um a little boy running out where's your daddy where's your mommy you know mm. um it's it's uh, they're just little things that one should be a little bit more sensitive about. And it's not because they're meaning to do it. In, it's not malice. They are, they just don't know. Um, we're learning all the time. You know, I think with the, with the younger generations, you know, they see, they see gender, they, they see, um, they see individuals as individuals, not putting them into categories and into groups. And we're learning all the time. And we just need to make sure that we try and create the most welcoming space for everyone, that everyone is entitled to travel as they are and be welcomed as they are. Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, I, I always look at um, always look at flags that are up outside hotels and like, where's the, where's the rainbow flag? You know, they've got all the country flags. Um, why don't they just put a, a flag showing what, what groups of, what groups of people they accept and welcome as well. So that's, I mean, you know, that's, it's, it's stuff like that. And as you say, the, the child running around, don't assume that, that they have the, I mean, I don't even know if traditional's the right sense of the word when it comes to mother and father, but it's, uh, you exactly. know, don't, I, don't think don't don't make assumptions as i think is the is is what the core of all training should be don't absolutely um, don't uh you know you know it's 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 such a lovely gesture to do when it comes to uh, a welcome letter but as you know it's mr and mrs you know don't don't put dear mr and mrs smith don't assume that it's if if they've booked a king bed that it's mr and mrs so there absolutely. are so many 
yeah, there's there's just it opened my eyes a lot, um, particularly talking to uh, two members of of the IGLTA. Um, you know, as 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 you know, during lockdown, I was quite uh, active on the app Clubhouse, and I got to meet uh, Ewan on there as well. Ewan's amazing. Who, yeah, I mean, who was a, the. Yeah, I mean, his is, um, you know, when he talks about the marketing and the media aspects, he's, he really is just, he knows so much. And he's such a, a fundy when it comes to that. It, it, yeah. you, can, you can really learn a lot from him. Yeah, but I also think, you know, for people who are, are skeptical, and, you know, the, the naysayers, you know, it's not just about members of the LGBTQ plus community. It's it's you know every, every culture it's 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 every it's it's everything um and you know for 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 the as i say the naysayers who like well why must there be so f- much focus on one segment of the population but it's it's not about that it's it's um it's it's the every every segment of the population who feels who feels undermined in any way has the right just as much as the LGBTQ plus community has to stand up and be vocal about what they feel is right. So if another community says, well, don't, don't hog the spotlight or something, you know, whatever, then you say, well, then, then you get up and get the spotlight for yourself. It's uh, enough light for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, the hospitality industry, you know, that, that word in itself, hospitable, uh, you know, it's it should it should teach everybody that that's exactly what it means. Be hospitable to to everybody, and um, and yeah, I mean, Africa is is a is a challenge, as I'm as I'm sure you know. How is the how you know is there? I mean, what do you do when when there are actual laws against um, things like that? I mean, how how can you? That must we be really are, really tough. Um. Yes. Um. We. We are not represented currently in many of the African countries, unfortunately, and that is something we are working on. We are trying to get more members in in different African regions. We do have um, one of our staff members in Morocco, which is wonderful. And it's lovely to to learn, you know, how even though it's in law, but it really isn't enforced anymore. You know, mm. and um, so you are able to um, to really travel, even Saudi Arabia, for that matter. Um, you know, you are definitely able to travel. You are respectful of the different um, laws and cultures, but but as a gay couple or as a lesbian couple, you are most certainly able to travel to these countries. And then, you know, we do have operators and some of these that can assist you to make sure that you have um a a, a safe and and welcoming journey along yeah. the way yeah i think the accreditation is good and uh i think for anyone listening who wants to find out a bit more about making sure that they do travel in in safe spaces you know it's it's iglta.org Org. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. IGLTA.org and all the information is there. And then for anyone, I think a lot of our listeners are going to be in in Africa, South Africa in particular. Martina, uh, your your email is Martina M A R T I N A at IGLTA.org. Martina.bart at IGLTA.org. Okay. 
Okay, perfect. Well, I'll, I'll put uh, I'll put all those uh, emails and and contact details in the description so everyone can can see. Um, yeah. So what? Uh, I mean, getting back to getting back to the last three years. <laughs> I think most of us want to it's forgotten those. Want to, yeah, it's it's. Wipe but I mean, you know, the memory. yeah, I'm I'm learning so much from. I think you're my eighth or ninth uh, interview now, and you know, everybody in the tourism industry, you know, we 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 keep going on about the camaraderie, the the spirit of of um, mm. everyone trying to help help each other and. You know, even competitors are are swinging leads. Did we need to, a pandemic to show us this? You know. <laughs> yes. Well, that's that's right. You know, that's that's why I think you know, being a half glass full kind of person, ninety nine percent of the yes. time. Yes. <laughs> sometimes it's hard, but you know, you just have to, you have to focus on the positive. And I think that you know, after having been through horrific, horrific things over the last uh, three years, it's um it's certainly time to focus on the positive what came out of it and what what you learned and you know it's certainly in my uh, particular situation i think it sent me on a on a path of of something that i was destined for anyway i just needed that 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 push that push you know and mm. um i think a lot of people are are finding far more finding out far more strengths that they they didn't know they had than weaknesses they didn't know they had and i think that that's a, a good thing i think a lot of people can look back on 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 the ramifications of of anything you know that that happened not 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 even if they were directly if affected by the loss of a loved one or the loss of a job they may have been secondary affected by 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 something that happened to someone else and you know it's it's a lot of i think a lot of um a lot of good can can come out of it i think we we are very very near the point now where we can look back uh and say, you know, the pandemic is is over. You know, it's. Mm. I know there's still travel restrictions and people are still getting ill. Um, but I mean, touch wood. I mean, it's you people know this time last before. year. You know, people. I mean, what did they say? The stats were how many people actually die from flu every year, which we didn't realize. Uh, I think yeah. until until this, you know, but. Um, it's over. It's over. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. I mean, it's, 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 that, that's the thing. And, and that's the whole point of the, of the podcast now in January, figuring out, you know, what people have learned over the last three years and how they are going forward. So mm -hmm. for you, um, I mean, what, what has the last three years taught you about the tourism industry in particular? What do you think you've learned, um, in terms of the people, um, uh, you know, and and the industry, in in total. I mean, it's it's even even when it comes to things like cancellation policies and deposits and stuff like that. What do you think the industry has has learned? Yeah, I think um, you know we've had to take a long hard look at our policies and become more flexible. I think um, we've learned to have a two way dialogue again because I think that had all but broken down. I think you know we. Mm. Um, suppliers, buyers, we were two separate silos and that that sort of communication had really fallen away. We we were we'd become emails back and forth. Mm. And mm. for me, I think the biggest thing is that it got us all talking again. It got us all sitting around a virtual table. Um, if that, you know, um 
all these webinars that we had, but we were talking, we were talking, we were having real conversations and looking at ways of tackling the future together and how we can do that. And um, I think it's brought us far closer together um, as mm. an industry, as competitors. And, and I think maybe we needed that. We certainly didn't need a pandemic to show us that, but somehow that's, I always, um, my glass is also always half full and um, something good had to have come out of it. And if it was that, then, um, then so be it. And also the, the fact that that virtual is a possibility, you know, mm. um, I remember and beyond was the first company that I knew that um, when Annika went on maternity leave she was able to work remotely after that it was like oh mm. how visionary mm-hmm. how absolutely yeah. visionary you know and um and i just think it's wonderful to be able to have the opportunity for those people that want to work um virtually and um that they're able to do so or work remotely are able to do so and also that you know we don't have to wait until we do a trip to the UK or somewhere to actually have a face-to-face conversation, um, mm. be it be it on a screen, but it's still much more personal than an email. Or a phone call, yeah. yeah. Or a phone call. No, no, I mean, absolutely. You know? So, and But I think, yeah, the whole landscape, I think that the workforce is going to be a happier, healthier workforce. Um, I did a I did a poll on LinkedIn a few days ago, and I said, actually – it ended today. I must check the results. How many sick days have bosses noticed since the since if you know if somebody can work from home, do they call in sick? The answer exactly. The, the exactly. answer to so you're getting more productivity because no one's going to say you know what what I always found when if you were feeling a bit uh, sick during you know you would it was the especially in in um, cities where you had to do take public transport like London mm. or or New York or something that it was the journey into work and the journey back home that you couldn't face because you were feeling so ill you you were able to still sort of sit up with your laptop and and work and function and maybe even take phone calls but the thought of of the the journey and you know mm. and, and the freezing cold or something when mm. you know when you and that that's why people called in sick and I could be wrong but I think that that's that's certainly uh, so I think the the productivity and I think a lot more people who were skeptical about it at first realized, look, we we have to do this. Uh, we you know locked down for. I mean, I don't know how how long it was in South Africa that there was just nobody in any offices. It was months, wasn't it? Six months, maybe maybe longer. Yeah, it was just there was the just hotels. you couldn't. Yeah, we opened the hotels again, all of them, um, beginning of September. So um, mm, first no, of September, months. yeah, and um, that was crazy. I mean, we every nearly every month we thought we were opening, so we were ready. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I remember. Next, oh. Yeah, I mean, I remember hotel chains or lodge chains getting very annoyed if if we were cancelling. Um, you know, in March, April, if we were cancelling in July. It's like, mm. well, why are you cancelling? It's it's going to be fine by then, you know. And it and you know, little did people know that we were at the start of a two year journey, um, three year journey, nearly. Oh, and, gosh. Um, yeah. And there you are. I mean, that's that's why I think the, I think the 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 friendliness. I think everyone's been through so much that 
I don't think that the nasty emails are as bad as they used to be or the, you know, the, that kind of thing. I think everyone's just been through so much that it's just like, Oh, come on, you know, give me a break. We, you know, we've all, we've all been through so much. Let's, let's just talk to each other a bit nicer, you know? Um, Yes. Some heart has come back into the industry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, not just this, and this is the industry that we're in, but I'm sure Mm. many other industries feel, feel the same. It's, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's the fact that we're all survive, you know, we 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 survived uh and we're still here. Um I think there's a lot of respect amongst uh those those that 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 were able to come through it. And a lot of people are yeah, reaching out and helping and you know, I mean the guides, those the guides have such a terrible time, you know, they they are the kind of the core of of tourism and I think yeah. we all need to do our best to to try and get them on as many tours and trips and uh, you know game drives or whatever as we can because you know they they were particularly tough true. um very true and then a question I always like like asking not so much what did you learn about the industry but what what did you learn about yourself in the last three years I learned that I really am an optimist um I I always saw, you know, I was always very positive that this would be uh, over quite quickly. And I think that somehow kept me going. I, But I also realized that I needed the people around me, the people close to me were very important. Mm. Um, and I needed that human connection. I think I was on every webinar that was possible. Um, yes. Um, I... I really was very hungry for uh, for that connection, that um, that information to be to make sure that um, everything was going to be all right. And I mean, I have to be honest; I don't think I've ever worked harder in my entire life than I did during COVID. A lot of people have said that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it really is such. And um, and I mean, I was one of the fortunate ones who who I'm very grateful to the collection that I had, the job that I did. And that I was able to do all of these virtual platforms. I mean, um, our Africa that popped up, I think I did nearly 300 meetings in the first our Africa, whether it was two o'clock in the morning or whenever it was, I grabbed every opportunity that was possible. And, um, but just, yeah, that, that we can do this, you know, that we can get through this, I think was one of the biggest learnings for me and, and how you can work with competitors and that we are mm. all in the same industry and that that we that we have value that we offer that we offer something to the industry i think that was very um, very evident yeah yeah i mean for me it's it's the as you say the hearts come back in and there is i mean even with my podcast i mean the the amount of 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 yeses that i've got uh from the some of the most wonderful people that uh that i have i have interviewed and and still to interview it's very humbling for me and i yeah and i think you know for me the humility is what um what i what i learned about myself you know just uh it's um as i keep i say that the most amount of any one particular food that i've eaten in the last three years is humble pie because it's it's mm-hmm. you you really just there's, there's no room for for ego every single person was was uh was um a victim of 
of the of what of what happened. Yeah, there's not one person. Yeah, not one person that can say that they were unscathed, and it's uh, it's um yeah it's it's good. And we realize that we can do with less. You know, I think that's, yeah. you know, you don't have to go out for dinner every night. Um, you don't have to go shopping and do this all the time. You know, there are, you could really do and still have a meaningful life with so much less. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we, as this, as, as we, as we said before, there's just so much good that's, that's come out, um, of it. So when, when you, when you were, um, at home for as long as, as, as we were for many, many months. So was there any one particular, uh, sort of productivity tool that helped you, helped you get through that you've carried on using or were you using anything before, you know, a lot of people have, have spoken about, uh, their favorite apps that, that kind of, that they use or, or, um, are you a bit old school? Do you like the pen and paper? I was old school. I mean, I still used to always have a paper diary, <laughs> believe yeah. it or not. And um, and of course, that has all gone digital now. I mean, I can't even imagine carrying a paper diary around anymore. Um, can't yeah. imagine it, you know. Um, but yet I was... I was really digging my heels and that I wasn't going to get rid of it. That that right at the beginning of COVID went. And 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 I love the virtual platforms, Zoom, Teams, Google Meet, whatever it is. Um, I really love having a meeting, being able to see someone's face. Mm. You know, um, I think it is so much nicer than an email. And yeah. um and I know that we don't want to do webinars anymore, but but there is definitely still a place for it. And um, so it's wonderful that um, these platforms have continued. And so that's probably my my biggest sort of productivity tool is um, is being able to have meetings um, like this virtually. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't have to fly up to Joburg every second month because um i have to have my meetings face to face when we have those face to face meetings then we have then we're able to talk about different things you know mm. um but it doesn't stop your interaction with the clients yeah you're on the satsa board aren't you as well and i remember I'm young, the western cape chair yes western cape chapter chair Bu- busy lady you are and uh <laughs> yeah i was on the the board i don't think we were ever on the board at the same time i think i was kind very of very briefly finished, very yeah briefly, i think yes. m- maybe maybe a, a few weeks crossover but you know it's it's the same thing you know those satsa meetings having to wake up at at three four in the morning you know catch a flight everybody has has a meeting for the day and then fly fly back uh um across the country sometimes two hours and get home at like 10 o'clock at night and uh you know it's not it's and then you know the pandemic kind of uh you know made people realize that you can accomplish just as much and you can get so much work done between six o'clock in the morning and 10 o'clock in the morning because you're not you're not traveling and so you get you're getting almost eight hours back of your day Um, exactly yeah and it makes a big difference i think yeah there are a lot of there are a lot of i mean i would hate to be a i I really would you know I, i maybe i should try and find a I mean, I had Jackie Reynolds on the other day, who's who's an event uh, planner, and and but she was saying it's the industry's going great guns in terms of events. But you know, I think for for conferences, for day conferences where people used to fly in from everywhere, I think that's that might uh, 
that might take a bit, uh, that might change a bit, I think, because people aren't necessarily going to be using those those rooms for day conferences and flying people in. I think, Although you um, say that, yeah. you say that, I mean, um, especially at the cellars, our small meeting rooms that we have are exceptionally busy. You know, oh, that's so, interesting. Um, yes. So I think there's, you know, there's certainly a space for it. Um, it's different, mm. but I think it's maybe taking away a little bit from the emails. You know, this yeah. personal um, people sitting where they used to sit in separate offices, but email each other, you know, offices yes. next door to each other and email or each or other. Or next door, or next door to the person. I remember exactly. getting emails saying, dear Graham, I hope you are well. And I'm, I sort of stood up and turned around and said, hello, you can see that I'm, I'm well. I'm stand, I'm sitting three meters away from you. And yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, it's it's the it's the impersonal um yeah, the emails, it's it's definitely I'm definitely a, a phone uh kind of person. But uh you know, a lot of, a lot of people are are quite busy, you know. They they if it's information that you want to give them, they are quite happy with the email because they'll read it yes. on their own time or on the way home. But I'm finding also that you have to book a phone call appointment with someone, and yes. whereas before you would you would just phone just somebody phone. up. Now you've got now you've got I to say, ask, can are I phone? you available? Yes, are you yeah, available? Can I phone you? Can I phone you at ten o'clock tomorrow morning? You know, yeah, and then put True. it in the calendar. You know, it's it's very rare that you now get a phone call that just pops up and somebody wants an hour long chat because you know it's it's um True, that's the same yeah. as somebody knocking on the door unannounced, like oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, the whole world True. is. The whole world is is different, and I think that uh, yeah, I think it's it's for the for the good. I think it's like I say, I think people are now getting far more family times with their loved ones, and I think what it, the what the what the the worst part of the pandemic was was the the loved ones uh, leaving us uh, because of the sickness and realizing just how fragile and important life is, and then wanting wanting that time, so. Uh, you know, and w w remote working and flexible hours and all that kind of stuff, I think is going to be a great, a great thing going forward because that's what people want yeah. now. You know, and I hope we remember that. You know, I hope I think humanity we forget so quickly, unfortunately, fortunately or unfortunately, but I do hope that we remember to take the time, take the time for ourselves, take the time to make time for our friends our loved ones the people that we that that really matter to us that we don't forget how fragile life is yeah i think no, there, there have to be yeah. lessons that are carried forward yeah i think i think there will be and you know as as the as the the generation the younger generation become the bosses in the future, I think that will definitely carry through because certainly people in their twenties and thirties who in 20, you know, 10, 20 years time will become the, the managers and the bosses. They will roll out what they've expected, you know, in, in, in life, which, which is, mm -hmm. uh, which is, um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've worked in situations where you literally have to clock in with your fingerprint and clock out with your fingerprint. And, you know, it's, I think those days are, because I, you know what, if any, if there's any boss li uh, re listening to this right now, I can guarantee you that just because someone's sitting in an office and behind their desk for eight hours does not mean they are working for eight hours. So it doesn't mean you, know, you have their attention. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, to say that you, you've got to come into an office to be more productive. No, no, I I'd really don't think that that's the case at all. Um, all they have to do is look around 
and uh and it's it's sometimes pretty obvious um to see that uh you ca- you can get m- maybe even more productivity at home because people are in their comfort zone they you know it's uh yeah it's going to be very interesting i have spoken to a lot of very senior managers about it and uh i think the more flexible people are the better talent they're going to get as well because true. you know the 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 truly the, the the true talent the real good talent that any company wants to get will will come with their own terms as well mm. and i think Look, those hotel terms wise, be... unfortunately <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah of course no, yeah we can't we can't work remotely i mean yes as sales people we can but but that's you know obviously everybody else has to has to come to look i mean as i'm yeah i'm talking from a position of jobs where you can i mean there might be people listening and saying well is you know i i can't uh you know taxi drivers or something you you can't work from home but (laughs) you know service doesn't work virtually (laughs) yeah room service that well you cook a little robot coming through you know who knows (laughs) yeah but But um, that's been a challenge you know that in itself was also a challenge just um i mean we a a challenge and and a blessing actually because because of COVID, we were able to um, really um, acquire some amazing staff that perhaps wouldn't have left the hotels yeah. where they had been working. So um, we were very fortunate with the collection that we really got some top top notch staff, and um, so so that was that was really great, you know. Um, so there there is a blessing in that still. <laughs> there is a, there yeah, is a yeah, silver no, there lining. Is. There is, and would would you? If if uh, I mean, do do you? I mean, does the IGLTA work with with uh, young uh, uh, sort of entrepreneurs coming up, coming through at all? Is there a program that guides and helps those who are trying to get into the industry at all? It is something we are looking at. Um, we we definitely also within the sort of staff complement, we do um, have a range of, of ages and we, we focus quite a lot on the youth as well. Um, we don't have a youth chapter as such. Um, we don't have that, but we are looking um, at, it's, it's one of the pillars. We just had a strategy session in Puerto Rico of all places that was such a mm-hmm. amazing thing to be there oh, yeah that's that's one you... conference here that you that you don't want to do remotely <laughs> you, you want to go to the conference exactly our annual convention this year is in october four to nine october is going to be in san juan puerto rico um and we were able to go and um, do some pre-planning there um two weeks ago now and that's one of our and part of the strategy was to really try and develop the youth more so Mm. you know i think it comes back to you know tourism and um is it really this the sexy industry you know when when school leavers come in are they really looking to go into the tourism industry but i think that's also changing because it is an amazing and dynamic industry and um we with SATSA in particular, Lindsay Gabo has a wonderful um, student outreach program that that we encourage and and assist her with wherever possible to really try just with different members of SATSA to try and um, let them understand how wonderful the tourism industry is. Mm. You know, so and I mean, we at least have tourism as a subject, but a lot of countries don't. So yeah. how do they even get in? I was speaking to some agents from the UK yesterday and, you know, they, it's just not an industry that 
that they really know about until afterwards, which is such a mm. pity, and and we need to change that. Yeah, uh, a lot of a lot of what's come through the interviews so far, the podcast has has been the assistance of the small to medium enterprises and and what what the more established businesses can do to give them a, a foot up the ladder. So it's it's it seems to be a very common thread, and I'm glad glad to hear it. So. I mean, here's an interesting question for you. If you were to have a young a young startup come through to you and say they want to have the world's most LGBTQ plus friendly hotel in the world, what would your steps and advice be to them? What should they do? First and foremost, I would say um, training. Um, it needs to start with your your management, but taken right down to every single staff member. And Michael Gladwin has a company here in Cape Town called Allstay, and he does wonderful um, training. Obviously, their com- their companies all over the world, but um, to do this, uh, to do training um, right from the staff, from the top right down, is without a doubt the first thing to do so that the intent is there to make sure that um, that everybody understands the nuances. And then you need to look at your marketing material. That would be mm. the, the second the second step. And maybe it can be done in together in parallel. Um, because People need to, and it, this doesn't just go for the LGBT community. This really goes for any community. At the end of the day, you want to recognize yourself in the marketing material, in the um, on the website. You want to see people that look like you. And if not, then you immediately assume, well, they don't understand you. They don't get you. You know, mm. so um, it, it is really important to get the the marketing material right that that would be the the second step and you know we you do have a lot of companies that um in june in particular sort of international pride month where companies suddenly put pink or rainbow flags all over their logos and you know for the month of june it's there but on the last day of june they're ready to hit the the button back to their old logo again Mm. you know and that just doesn't fly you know that that just doesn't work you know it's it can't be just uh, one month out of the year that you support a community it has to be all year round Mm. all year round there's so many amazing um media experts marketing experts like you and that you can reach out to and there are many professionals who can assist you with this and don't assume that the gay or lesbian person on your staff is the right person to do this for you because yeah, that's yeah. not true. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. not the case. Don't stereotype. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Don't stereotype and just assume that they'll be able to be the ones um, that can assist you with that because that's not correct. You know, they are professionals who are there to assist you with this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, uh, there's, it's a very interesting and, you know divisive topic i mean i'm sure you're sure you'll agree there's a lot of um a lot of thought on on both sides um you know we've in england or in the uk there's certainly a lot of uh, talk about it now and about the inclusivity and um 
particularly with the with the trans community and mm-hmm. yeah it's it's um it is it is tough you know when it comes to unisex bathrooms and people not feeling comfortable and you know because you it's always the in every aspect of life i think it's always the few that ruin it for for the many and you Absolutely. know just because just because someone can't behave in a whatever i mean it's 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 going to take uh, a while but i think that with organizations such as the iglta it's a fantastic bastion to, uh, you know for for members of the community to mm. to be aware and understand that there is people there are people who are championing the the cause uh, as well and yeah, particularly and so in the this, in the hospitality you know so much of this ugly behavior also actually stems from fear fear of the unknown but rather mm. than trying to find out and educate yourself you know it turns into this this ugly emotion which is which is terrible and you know we're all learning we're all learning all the time and um to just let everybody feel heard and seen and welcomed we all have the right to have our space on this earth yeah, I mean, I agree. There's, there's, I, I think there's, there's eight billion individuals on the planet, and who is any one other individual to, to try and tell another individual how they need to live their life? Uh, you know, exactly. that's always bemused me. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's True. always, always, um, always, especially how they live their life behind a closed door. That's the part that always, uh, you know, amuses me. Is just like you know what 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 does one person care about what someone does in the in the privacy of their own home or bedroom it's you see, r- but ridiculous I think, but i think the interesting thing is and it's you know while i was growing up it was still very much that behind closed doors in in my case anyway and um but you know it's not like that any longer and and people don't want to live behind closed doors one people want no, to live no. in the world and i think that has been where people have started to feel uncomfortable, but you know, there's it may be uncomfortable, but it's still learning and accepting and just just yeah, just becoming part of the world. And mm. and unfortunately, a lot of people with change they they reject it and mm. and but they can't they can't. It's just not right. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know who. I don't know why anybody would even try and argue the fact that love is love and every single human being on the planet is entitled to love who they want to love and who who is some stranger to to think otherwise of them. So Exactly. Um it's uh you know let's hope that members of the community and allies of the community uh in in all communities not just the LGBTQ but in any marginalized community whether it be uh you know you look at some things that are happening in Asia with with um with marginalized it's 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 Anyway, this is a, another conversation for another, a longer conversation for another exactly. time. <laughs> yeah, so we, we'll we'll have to. I just I just said as well to uh, to another guest I had on. I said we'll we'll uh, talk about this at I'll two o'clock in the morning. Yes. Yeah, yeah, or, or t- two in the morning over a over a bry or a a, a a boom of fire under the stars at some game lodge. It's a, you know, it's a, we'll solve all the world's oh, problems that sounds there. Good. Yeah. Oh, I like this yeah. idea. But you know, the <laughs> fact that we're having these conversations is already so important, and the fact that this podcast, for example, is going to go out and people are going to listen to it. And you know, if it just makes, if it just opens one person's mind to being more accepting and tolerant then then we've already achieved a lot 
And, yeah. and you know, when you have John Tanzella on or, or, or Loanne, um, you know, they'll be able to still um, give you so much more information. But IGLTA really does amazing work um, in all of these countries. And, um, you know, the, the convention, it's going to be very exciting. It's going to be the biggest convention yet, hoping to have a thousand delegates. That's what we're aiming for. So it will be the biggest convention um, ever for IGLTA. And... Um, well, exactly I really exciting. hope I can I can get I can get to be there, Puerto Rico, October. I'll put it in the calendar, the digital calendar, not not the, not the written exactly. calendar. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. I I yeah. can't believe I changed to the digital because I really never thought I would do that. But no. Yeah, no. I just I just uh, for me it's I've just been doing it for years. Uh, so yeah, the good old the good old paper diary is. Uh, because yeah, I always think what happens if you lose it, but then what happens if you lose your password, I suppose. Yeah. So, True. yeah, well, look, Martina, thanks so much for a great conversation. And please feel free to let um, anybody else you know who feels that they might benefit from, from you know, being on the podcast to discuss uh, any any uh, issues that they are championing to please feel free to reach out to me. It would be awesome. And Absolutely. I am going to – I'm going to um, – invite invite Lindy on and we'll hopefully have her on soon to discuss her her role and in, in her company wonderful. so wonderful yeah. and um and, yeah so um, thanks thanks again pleasure and please put my email address my collection email address on as well martina at lismagrothcollection.com absolutely all those email addresses will be there and then I would highly encourage anybody in the Cape Town area, the Western Cape area, to uh, yeah, to reach out to Martina. If you work in tourism, go and see the properties. It's they are stunning, and will certainly enhance any guest's journey through through Southern Africa. Um, yeah, it's they they are, it's it's a great a great uh, place to to visit. And as you say, the circuits is wonderful too. So Martina. Thanks again, and I Thank will you. hopefully see you in a few uh, weeks. You know how quickly the years go the, uh, in London or wherever in the UK or in South Africa. Um, Wonderful. Or wherever. Thank you so much you never for know. this opportunity as well. I think we're going to have to have a part two and part three and part four. <laughs> oh, no, absolutely. And invite we can invite more people on. You know, the, the, the thing about what I've learned is that ideas start and then they grow, and, you know, let's just hope and the they podcast evolve. just – yeah, it continues to evolve and and um we, we we gain we gain a lot of listenership and I think with the you know with the reach with the reach of the internet and, and the IGLTA and everything, I'm sure we'll get a lot of a lot of people and listeners who can benefit from the discussions that we have. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Graham. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Martina. We'll see you soon. Bye. Thanks a lot. Bye. 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 Thanks for tuning into KuzaCast, where we explore the world of tourism with leaders from all corners of the globe. Join me, Graham Watson, for future episodes as we dive into the latest trends and insights from the industry. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating, and we'll see you next time on KuzaCast.